Hello and welcome to the Father's House Church. We're so glad that you joined us. We hope that you're blessed by today's message from one of our youth interns, Colton Barker. Awesome. Well, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Cole, and I've lived in Morinville in this area for about six years now. I come from BC. I grew up in a town called Abbotsford, and I really, I came here on a one-year plan. I wanted to take part in the discipleship school, and six years later, I just, I kind of just stuck around, and they made me an intern, and now here I am, and so it's awesome. So now, six years later, I'm still here, and God is good, and and, uh, and, and to be honest, though, it was being a part of this church family and, and the blessing of this community that really sold me on, on Morinville. And so I'm excited to be up here today. And we're going to continue in the book of Acts. It's where we've been for the past several weeks. Pastor Peter and Pastor Greg kicked us off into this exciting series, uh, really, that is still being written today. And I say that because it's one of the only books in the New Testament that doesn't end with the word Amen doesn't end with the word amen, symbolizing that this book, this story, his work, his kingdom work is still being written today. And the key is that's being written between you and I, by you and I, through the spirit in us. And so this is exciting news for us today that we get to be invited into his story. And last week we looked at, well, what are our anchors, right? What are the anchors of what we're believing in? What is essential? And while we really need to be led by the Spirit, and led by the Spirit in conjunction with the Word of God. That's what we looked at last week, and because the Spirit is never going to lead us in opposition of the Word, and so how important is it to be in the Word of God and being led by the Spirit? So this morning we're going to look at having continual fellowship with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to continue in this book in Acts chapter three, that's where we're gonna camp and rest for today, but before anything, why don't we pray, ask Jesus to come in and help us this morning. So Jesus, we give you all the glory and praise this morning. God, we thank you for the book of Acts and this incredible story that is still being written today. God, we thank you for just our partnership in your greater story, that we get to be but a small part of it and just extensions of your hands, God. So work through us this morning, work in the hearts of all of us here, God, and we just thank you for your spirit, this incredible gift, and we praise you, Jesus, in your name, amen. Well, we're gonna be looking in Acts chapter three, which tells this incredible story of, it's by no coincidence, of a healing. All the talk about healing and, and praising in the name of healing today, it's no coincidence. So we're gonna be looking at this story, but we're gonna get there in the moment, because how many of you know that there's significance in names in the Bible? When you look at names in the Bible, there's a lot of context and meaning behind names. And uh, we also see people be renamed by God to establish this new identity within them, this transformation that has taken place in them by God. We see Saul was renamed to Paul, Simon to Peter, Abram to Abraham, and more, all after having this encounter with God and this transformation of a new identity within them. And so names have a lot of importance when considering them in the Bible. And so I was reminded of a, a story that happened to me a couple of years ago when I misheard a name that was being called to me. And so I was driving back from St. Albert on my way back into Morinville, and I thought I'd text my wife to stop at a store and to see if we needed to pick up anything that we were out of. And so simple procedure any other day. I pull into the parking lot, and it's important to note that it's myself and it's one other vehicle in a fairly big parking lot. And so I pull in and I, I park the car and I'm sitting there and I go to text my wife, Michaela, 
And uh, at that moment, I hear three taps on my driver's side window. And it's the other guy in the parking lot, and he's signaling for me to roll down my window. And I look around, and I do, in fact, roll down the window. And he asks me this question. He goes, hey, are you parked? I go, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm parked. Yeah, in the stall here. And he goes, all right, cool, cool. And he goes back to his car. And I'm like, OK. So I finish my text to my wife. And I send the text. And I'm waiting for her response. And about a minute or so later, another tap on my, my driver's side window. And same thing, he signals for me to roll down the window, and I do still for some reason. And he asks me the same question. He goes, hey, are you parked? Are you parked? I go, uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> still parked. He goes, all right, cool, I'm just right over here. I'm like, all right, good for you, man. I roll up my window, and we've established that we're both parked. It's great. We're sharing the parking lot. And I get the text from my wife, and I'm, it's A-OK. -okay. I'm to go into the store, grab what we need, head home. And as I'm leaving my car to go to the store, I'm walking to the door, and I hear him call out to me again. He always goes, whoa, whoa, it's one second. And I stop, and I turn around, and he's there. And I go, yeah, like, what's, what's up? And at that point, we, we lock eyes and time stops for a second, and he's wearing this big jacket, and he opens his jacket like this, and I've seen way too many movies, so I have an idea of what's about to happen, and I'm freaking out, and he reaches his hand into his jacket and pulls it out, and out with it comes a sleeve-covered, limited-edition Battlestar Galactica comic book. <laughs> and he looks at me, and he goes, is this you? I'm like, no, no, I'm just going to the store for my wife. And he looks embarrassed at this point. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And he says this, he says, what are the odds that another guy named Mark would show up in the same time I'm selling this book to a guy named Mark? I realized on my way in that he was asking me if I'm Mark here for the comic book the entire time. <laughs> I created the most awkward situation and I'm known as Cole to everyone else. To that guy, I'm forever and always Mark. I would never ever tell him that I'm not, and so some guy named Mark is missing his comic book this morning. But needless to say, names bring a lot of context and meaning behind them, hearing the right name, and when we look in the Bible, names have special meanings attached to them. And so that's why this message this morning is called the power of the name. We're gonna be looking at the power that's in the name of Jesus, what it means to pray in his name. When I was preparing this sermon and praying about it, and I was walking Pastor Greg through my vision for the message this morning, and he said something that was awesome that I really wanted to include this morning, but he said the word name comes from the Greek word sozo, which simply means the character of. Okay, so the word name means the character of. And so I thought this was really good, really powerful, because when you're calling upon the name of Jesus, you're not just declaring his name as a symbol of acknowledging our Savior, but you're actually declaring his authority, the power that's in his character, into your situation. So if name means character of, when we're praying in the name, we're praying in the authority of Jesus. And well, today we're looking at his name and how it's used to heal this man, not in the authority of Peter, but in the authority of Jesus. And so we see in the beginning of Acts chapter three, Peter and John, they're on their way into the temple for a daily three o'clock prayer service. And so as Peter and John are walking to the temple, this man who's been paralyzed from birth is also being uh, carried and placed beside the temple gate. And so this is happening as Peter and John are walking in. And so every day, this man who cannot use his legs, he's been paralyzed from birth, he gets propped up, carried over, and placed beside the 
the temple gates where he could beg for money. And so he would beg for money, and this was an optimal spot for him as people were coming in to pray, he would ask for money. And so enter in Peter and John, they're on their way to the temple, and this man does what he does every day. He asks Peter, do you have money? Peter, however, this day, maybe responds a little bit differently than what he was used to hearing or what he was expecting to hear in that question. And so this is what the Bible says in Acts 3, verse 6. This is how Peter responds. He says, well, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. The Bible then says, Peter took the man by the hand to help him up, and as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk, leaping and praising God into the temple with them. That's an awesome, powerful scripture. I don't have this, but I'll give you what I have in Jesus' name. And this goes back to what Pastor Greg was talking about last week by being led by the Spirit. And really, this is the theme of the series of the book of Acts, being led by the Spirit. And so you see, you have to ask yourself the question, if they went there every single day and this man was at the side of the gate every single day asking for money, maybe in the past they did give money, but you see the Spirit of God was on Peter that day. He was so in tune with the spirit that when God came to call, he wanted to invoke his character. Peter was ready and said, you know what? I don't have this, but I have the power of the name in Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. See, he was in tune with the spirit. Maybe that's happened to you before. Right? Sometimes it feels like a little nudge in your, in your spirit, maybe, of going to pray for someone or giving someone something, and, and, uh, and that's just about being in tune with the Spirit, and sometimes it doesn't happen in church. Maybe it just happens in your workplace, in your, in your home life. That's part of walking with the Spirit, and that's part of the fun of walking with the Spirit. You see, what Peter had come to understand was the power behind the name of Jesus, no amount of money, nothing that he could give on this earth could fulfill this man. He knew that there was power and authority behind the name of Jesus, power to truly heal. No amount of money could do that. Because when you're calling upon the name of Jesus, you're calling upon his authority to reign over your situations, to intervene and advocate for you. You see, there's power in the name of Jesus. And not just healing power, there is power and authority above any power and authority we know on this earth. And so if the name means character of, if this is what we're going with, then well, let's look at the character of Jesus. Let's see what kind of power is behind him and who he is in his nature. If you look at the Gospels, it records the life and ministry of Jesus. And so in Matthew 8, uh, we see just the Bible uh, telling us stories and stories of Jesus performing these miracles. And in Matthew chapter 8, specifically, Jesus, he's casting out these evil spirits uh, from demon-possessed people, and he's healing all the sick who were coming to him. And it was interesting when I was praying through this chapter, Acts 3, and, and God was leading me into Matthew 8. Uh, what's interesting is that there was this woman in bed who had a high fever, and she was sick, and the Bible says Jesus took her by the hand, and as he did, this high fever left this woman, and she was healed. And what's inter- interesting is that this same woman who was healed was actually Peter's mother-in-law, the same Peter who's now calling upon the authority of Jesus to heal this man. You see, Peter had come to know the character and the nature of Jesus Christ. It wasn't just a name that he was calling upon. He knew the true healing power that was in the man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and so that's what he was calling upon. 
In every way, Jesus is a, a healer. It's in his nature. And in verse 17 in that same chapter, this is what the Bible says, this fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. He's a healer. That prophecy in Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. See, Jesus in every way is a healer in his nature. When he came to bear the weight of sin and death on the cross, he didn't just half do it. He didn't just come and half do it. No, he defeated sin and death on the cross because that was his nature. That's what he was meant to do. It's in his character. And so in the same way, God isn't interested in putting just a little band-aid on a, on a wound. He's not interested in this temporary fix, but he wants to see us be restored so that we can walk in the fullness of who we are, just like this man. At the beginning of summer, my wife and I were going through this really, really fun time of trying to figure out our lives and financial stability and, and where we're gonna go, and we were both working at this point, but both also halfway in our degrees. And so we decided I was going to go back to school. I was excited. She was working here. I had just finished, uh, or rather quit, um, from Champion Pet Foods. And so we were trying to figure out how to make going to school work without now this income that we were used to having. And so we did the only thing that we thought we could do, and we, we prayed in the name of Jesus with no really specific direction. We just, we just prayed to God. We came to him, and we said, Lord, help. We just need your wisdom. And I'll tell you what, when we came to God and prayed, he took that seemingly small request and just ran with it. You see, this year, he provided me with an experience of employment that not only allows us to pay for schooling, the rest of my schooling, but actually this job is directly related to the field of studies in which I'm going to school for. And so I'm getting this experience that is insurmountable. We also have financial peace right now. And to get this job, I needed to make my classes at the U of A work. And so they all had to be in the morning so I could be back in Morinville in time to work. And not only did that happen, but he allowed me to take classes that are online and asynchronous, some of them. And so I can watch the lectures from my home at my earliest convenience. It was this incredible blessing and this was planning that not even my wife, the administrator, could really do for me. This was God power. You see, when we prayed in his name, he took this small request, at least it was small to me, and he ran with it and blessed us insurmountably. You see, there's power behind his name, healing power. And so in this story of this man who was placed at the side of the temple gates, in this case, we see an instantaneous healing. The Bible says his feet and his ankles are healed instantly, strengthened, but how many of you know that it's not always instant in the scriptures or even what we see in life and experience? It's not always like this story. A few years ago, one of my favorite football players who played for my favorite team, he was unfortunately paralyzed in the middle of a football game. And uh, he was a defensive player, and so he was trying to make a tackle on the ball carrier. And unfortunately, these two players, the way they collided, um, he ended up suffering a spinal contusion, which left him without the use of his legs mid-game. And so he's playing, and, and then he drops to the ground, and no one knows what's going on, but he can't move, and he's lying there in full gear, paralyzed without the use of his legs. <clears throat> 
What's interesting and inspiring about Ryan, though, is if you keep up with his story as I have, and, and it's, it's so inspiring on so many levels, is that he is a believer in God and he's trusting in Jesus. But the thing about Ryan is that he didn't heal instantaneously. See, 17 months later, and this was a celebration, he did in fact dance at his wedding, and the following year he walked on stage to announce the draft pick for his former team, but he's still in the process of rehabbing his legs, learning how to walk, strengthening the muscles, and and walking with the cane. And so he has this miraculous recovery, but he's still not healed. He's still on that journey. And as we talked about last week, and really the theme of what we're going with in the series is having this continual fellowship with Jesus and trusting and being led by the Spirit. Because there's power in calling down his authority and there's power in his name, but it's also about pressing in and having faith in Jesus. That's the key part. So we've established that in the name of Jesus Christ means by the authority of Jesus Christ, not in our power, but in his his power through us. So his name is to be used in faith, but we need to be led by the Spirit. And so how important is it that as we see in this chapter that Peter had come to know the character of Jesus, right? Through most certainly his ministry and walking alongside him as one of his disciples, through seeing him heal his mother-in-law. See, he had come to know and have experience in the character of Jesus and walking with him in relationship. And so it got me thinking, have you ever tried to teach or to speak into something that really you have no rights or authority to speak into. Okay, it's happened to me. I, I, I work for the town of Morinville as well this year, and I work in the youth leadership program. And so part of being a staff member at the town of Morinville for the youth is you get the option, an opportunity, to teach courses for young kids. We're talking like young teens. And so these courses, they range from cooking classes or babysitting classes. And so these would happen on pro D days or spring break. And so when they offered me to pick up one of these shifts, I was genuinely interested. I thought this is a great way to make some extra money. I can do this, this is awesome. I just had to teach the curriculum. And then I went home and, and fleshed out a little bit more things, I think, and I realized that, well, I'm actually a terrible cook. Okay, I, have, I have one or two meals that I can really do good, and I can throw things in a blender. I'm really excellent at making smoothies. All right, in my entire family, extended family, cousins and all, I am the youngest by five years. Okay? I was the baby who was sat. I've never babysat in my life, and now they're asking me to teach this course. I thought, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do this, actually, right? So I had no authority to speak into these classes for these kids. So how important is it that if we are to invoke the character of Jesus, if we are to say, in Jesus' name, come and reign over our situations, that we know the power that is behind his name? How important is it that we come to know the character of Jesus? And you see, Peter had come to do this, not with those, his own mistakes and faults, but you see, he had walked with Jesus, and so he had that authority to invoke his authority. Yeah, mm-hmm. To know his name is to know his character. And so as you know, we're moving in the book of Acts, and we're going to get here later on in the series, but in Acts chapter 19, there's this the story of these group of Jews um, who were trying to do what Peter is doing, right? And so they're trying to invoke the name of Jesus uh, over their ministry, and so they're going around, and they're trying to cast out evil spirits in the name of Jesus. And so this is what they say, the group of Jews. They say, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. (laughs) The evil spirit, which they were trying to cast out, looked to these men and simply replied, oh, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? (laughs) 
You see, these men were simply trying to call upon the name of Jesus without actually knowing Jesus. I read a commentary, and, and I thought this was really interesting, and I have to put it in, that these group, uh, this group of Jews, they would go around, and they'd have a list of different names of gods, and so they would use the different names, and today they landed on the name of Jesus, and so they try to cast out the spirit in the name of Jesus, but they don't actually have relationship with Jesus, and so the spirit of God, or the spirit, the evil spirit says, well, who are you? What authority do you have? See, this power that we can access comes from knowing Jesus, having faith in him, and when we come to know Jesus, when we come to know his name, then do we know his character and can invoke his character into our situations. And so this is Paul's prayer for the church of Ephesus that I think is beautiful. I think it needs to be our prayer this morning over our church family, over this building, over church leadership. And I really thought about maybe taking pieces of the prayer, but the Spirit of God wouldn't let me. It's that good. It needs to be said this morning. And so if you're okay with it, I'm gonna read the entire prayer, Ephesians 1, 17 to 23, and you can sit there and you can receive this prayer, but I'm gonna read it right now. It says, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church, and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. You see, this is the authority, this is the rich inheritance that we get access to when we come to know the character of Jesus that we may invite him into our lives to deliver us and set us free. There's power in his name to heal, heal, but there's also power in his name to save. You see, about seven years ago, I guess, I, uh, I came to know Jesus. Before then, I had no interest in knowing who God was, and, and quite frankly, I, I thought Jesus, I thought God, the whole religion was fake. I thought it was a ploy from parents to keep their kids in check, to keep them well-behaved, and so I thought, how could this be real? It's not for me. I want to have fun, live my life. But you see, I was searching for this purpose, this healing in the things of this world, people to like me, making money, accomplishing great feats, things that I thought were permanent, and I was searching for them in the world. Long story short, I still had that void I was trying to fill, fill. but I ended up at a Christian university, and I was, ended up surrounded by 20 other guys in my dorm and two guys in my room as roommates, majority of them who had known Jesus, loved Jesus, praised God. And so suddenly I'm in this surrounding by these guys, and it wasn't without a couple of months where I was stubborn and rejected anything that had to do with Jesus. And I was laughing with one of my friends who was in there. He wanted me to do devotional. I totally rejected him. I said, go ask someone else. See, this was not in my interest. But after I start to hang out with these guys and I start to respect them and, and think they're fun and funny and then did the name of Jesus start to kind of reappear in my life and it started to, started to consume my thoughts a little bit and I came to know Jesus. And then I started to pursue, well, who is this Jesus? 
If he is real, I need to know who he is. I need to see if it's real. And so I started to pursue the character of Jesus, the qualities that are in him. And it was then when I started to pursue Jesus and walk with him in relationship that that healing power started to transform my life. Once I started to walk with him in relationship, was I saved and set free from the burden I'd been carrying? And so how important is it to know the character of Jesus if we are to call upon his name? But also there's a long journey afterwards too, a long journey that we're still on today, and you can be healed, you can be saved, but God doesn't want to see us stop there. He wants to see us transformed to walk in the fullness of who we're meant to be. You see, the book of Acts is a story that's being written today by you and I through the power of God, and so he wants us to be a part of this story. He wants to use us and our gifts and our unique ways, and this is exciting, so this journey is still ongoing. And so, flash forward seven years, I'm still in school. School is never ending, I'm finding. <laughs> and so I'm at the U of A now, um, and this semester of school, I had the options uh, to take a three-credit course, but the class could be in anything I wanted to be. It just had to be three credits worth. And so I decided I was gonna take a class on the writings of C.S. Lewis, who, this man who's quickly becoming one of my favorite authors and thinkers, and I think he's just brilliant. And so, but the thing about C.S. Lewis that I learned in this class, I didn't actually know before, was that he was an atheist before he was a Christian. He was an atheist. And so you see he's this logical guy who lives by reasoning, logical conclusion, he wants to make sure things are sound, and so he was failing to understand how this God could be real, how Jesus could come and wash away my sins. This is what he was struggling with, and so long story short, he becomes a Christian through again this process of logical conclusion, listening to arguments where he found he could not find any rebuttal for, and so this argument that he found that actually played a key part in his conversion is what he calls and now advocates for the argument from desire. And so what the argument from desire is, it really, it basically analyzes these inherent needs that we as humans have, right? We all have physical needs. When I'm thirsty, I can drink. When I'm hungry, I can eat. When I'm tired, I can rest. And there's things in this world that truly satisfy those desires. We also have emotional desires where maybe we want to be liked or we want to accomplish something. And so there are things in this world that we have conjured up, that we have created, that can truly satisfy those desires. However, he also found that there are also other desires that seem to be universal and transcending through different ages and cultures that are, that are, that are similar to everyone, and these needs are basically usually spiritual desires such as a hunger for the supernatural capacity for awe and worship. Have you ever driven to Banff and been so taken back by the mountains and and the gloriousness of how big they are? Meaning, dignity, permanence. Us as humans, we have this desire, this crave for something permanent, but nothing in this world is permanent. You see, he was understanding that we have these spiritual desires that are inherent to us as human beings. And so he found himself coming to this conclusion saying, quote from him, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Well, I must be made for another world then. And I think that's awesome, and I, and I think it's true because God has made us all in the image of, of who he is and set us out for a great purpose. You see, this is the book of Acts. He's inviting us into his work to partner with him. You see, we're made for another world. We're just partners here on earth with God. 
And so if we're going to rest in this conclusion by C.S. Lewis, which I think is brilliant, and if we run with this, and if we're made for another world, well, then we must be made to call upon the heavenly tools and gifts that he's given us. See, if we're not made for this world, but we're here for a short time to partner with him, well, he hasn't... He hasn't made it so that we walk through it alone, that we walk through these trials alone, but he sent his spirit to dwell within us. See, we're meant to call upon the name of Jesus to speak his character into our situations, but he didn't intend for us to be alone in it. So we see in Acts chapter three, as we're coming to the end here, this man became healed and his legs strengthened, his ankles strengthened through his faith in the name of Jesus. We see him praising God and others coming to see him while he's shouting his praise. You see Jesus by his nature is a healer and a savior, but it doesn't stop there. And I'm thankful that it doesn't stop there. Because for me, it was feeling lost and out of purpose. But when I accepted Jesus, not only did he heal and save me, but he embarked on a journey of transformation with me that is ever ongoing, where I can look to him with the hope of Christ and eternity. Because here's the thing, church, once you know his character, then you can put your faith and trust in him. Because you realized how good of a God he is. Acts 3 and and verse 16, Peter, after seeing the crowd come, takes his opportunity to, to praise God, and this is what he says in verse 16, through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. See, there's power in his name to transform and to heal and to work many miracles, but it's through our faith in his authority that we can invoke that same power. It's through our faith. And so I was saved at a university dorm room one night, but really it was the continual pursuit to know his character that transformed my life and way of thinking. And as I'm getting older and I'm stepping into new roles, God is handing me new responsibilities, I'm realizing that life isn't getting any easier. Okay, as I become a teacher and a pastor and, and I became a husband in that time and, and one day a father and who knows what else I'm gonna become, life isn't getting easier, but man, does it ever help to know Jesus. Man, does it ever help to know Jesus when I'm feeling overwhelmed and lost that I can call upon his character to advocate for me. God, I don't have it in my strength, but I do know what I do have in Jesus' name. Get up and walk, whatever it is. There's things in my life that I'm still not understanding, that I'm still walking through, and it's not easy. Some of you might even relate to things that people are going through, and it's funny the way God works in the mystery of, of the kingdom of God and there's still things in my life that I don't understand and, and, and I'm looking to God for and I'm praying for and I have a family member who's cut himself off from the rest of the family. And <clears throat> I was the last little bit of communication into the Barker family and, and wow, I'm still waiting on the deliverance of God in his life and it's not easy, I don't understand it, but wow, does it ever help to know the character of Jesus, to know the hope of Jesus to know the hope of his kingdom and what can happen when you invoke that same kingdom power here into the kingdoms of this world. See, to call upon his powers to invoke his character into your life.
so you may see through the kingdom lens and not through the lens of this world. And so we're going we're gonna to wrap up here. We're going to have some more fun in worship. So I'm going to call the band to come back up and, and we're going we're gonna to land this message here. And so the bottom line, church, through all that we've discussed today, through Acts chapter 3, through what God is doing in this message, the bottom line is that our faith will stand in the toughest times when we are continuously seeking relationship with Jesus. When you're seeking his face, when you're seeking relationship with Jesus, then our faith will stand the toughest of times. Doesn't matter what we're going through, but we know the hope of eternity and the hope that Jesus brings because when you come to know his character, you come to know the kind of healing, saving, and transforming power that is found in his name and the authority we've been given through the Holy Spirit to invoke that same power. And so this morning, I just want to end by looking at the names of God and the descriptions of God that are found in Scripture and the various names that we see God is referred to as. And I just want to read a couple, and I just want you to rest in the character of God and just the qualities of our good and great Father. And so the band's going to play in the back, and I'm going to read through a couple of these names, and we're just going to rest in what the Holy Spirit wants to do through us this morning. You see, he's a faithful God in Deuteronomy. He's a source of strength in Isaiah. An ever-present help in trouble in Psalms. God Almighty, God my maker, God my rock, God my savior, God my stronghold. That's a whole lot of power. Lord is peace. Holy one, helper of the fatherless. He who comforts you. He who forms the hearts of all. I am who I am. Whatever you need, it's a blank check that we've been given that Jesus has come, the Holy Spirit has come, and he's given us this power to invoke his character. And so if Jesus is I am who I am, then whatever you need him to be, whatever strength you're calling upon, that's what you get when you look to Jesus, when you call upon his character. I am who I am. It may not be a physical healing here this morning, but maybe you're going through a different situation where you need to see Jesus. Well, in Jesus' name, I declare that power over your situation because he is who he is. I am who I am. And so maybe you're like me and it wasn't a physical healing that you needed like this man at the temple. Maybe it was a compassionate father that that you needed to come and provide direction and purpose. So what, what name of Jesus is it that you need today? It's not just at salvation, it's not just here on Sunday morning at church, but in every area of our lives, we can be seeking Jesus. Like Peter, we can be praying, not in the things of this world, but in what we've been given, this authority, this rich inheritance to get up and walk in the name of Jesus. And so even this prayer in Ephesians is found in chapter one. Maybe it's this prayer that you just need to pray over your life that you may come to know God more so that that you know that he is far above any ruler or authority or leader or power in this world and the world to come. Maybe you just need to know that, that that power is on your side. It's there for you, not against you. And so we're gonna sing one last song. And it's a beautiful song because really, church, when we call upon the name of Jesus, when we're praying in his name, we're just an echo of his victory, an echo of his authority that he has given us permission and access to call upon. 
And so when we, when we pray and we finish our prayers and, and in Jesus' name or we sing his name, you're not, just, you're not just saying a name, but you're speaking his character into this world. You're inviting his spirit and his authority into this world to come and transform and to help. And so if you're here today and you feel like maybe you're on the outside looking in, well, the spirit of God wants to transform some things in your life today. Thanks for joining us. For more of our messages and information on our ministries, you can visit tfhchurch.ca. Have a great week.